Welcome one, welcome all to episode 210 of the Xbox Expansion Pass recorded on Saturday, January 6th, 2024. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, joined by my co-host, the Intrepid, Captain Logan. Alongside the Captain today, we are joined by one Todd Oxtra of Secret Friends Unite and Co-op Mode, their gaming podcast. Today, in the absence of Xbox news, we are looking ahead to potential developer directs. We're offering predictions on the year 2024, and we'll be answering listener questions. We hope you enjoy the show. Logan, we like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made our gaming weeks better. But first, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good, man. Uh, I I am just getting started on my anime convention weekend. Like, this is... It's it's the, the winter sack anime here i'm excited erica lindbeck who we interviewed is going to be there john dimaggio is going to be there like so many really good talented people are going to be uh at at the convention so as soon as we're done i'm literally heading out the door and going downtown to go to back to the con um so other than that uh it's been a really a really quiet week i think in gaming Mm -hmm. But it's still yeah. been uh but it's been a hectic work week. So I'm glad the weekends I'm glad the weekends here, man. Yeah, yeah. It's all rumor mill type stuff. I even joked in our in the fake title of our show, the rumor shill, because it's like some of it's made up, some of it's not. Um what? No, people yeah. aren't trying to bait for clicks and engagement. That's yeah, that's stuff yeah. for bots. Get out I did of my- here. I did my own joke on social, and I'll, I'll tell you guys about that in a minute. But I do want to, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, welcome Todd. Todd, you were with us on our amazing Game of the Year episode, which is out on YouTube for everybody. That was our episode for last week. You didn't go to audio. But Todd, how are you, man? Oh, I'm doing great. This is awesome. Yeah, your community was awesome. Uh, I realized I made a joke. I'm like, I've been a patron for a while. I'm not in your Discord. I couldn't find it. I couldn't figure anything out. I'm like, did, and then I think the link expired. So I'm like... Luke, I was I banned already before I even started. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I felt terrible because I, for any listener that hasn't heard the show, if you're an, on audio, then then you may not know it's on YouTube. It's there. It was such a good time. We had tons of community members show up. It was a blast. But I realized how that you write in almost every week, and you and I talk. And I, I, you're one of my favorite people. You've been a supporter of XCP since day one, and, and internally that means a lot to me. But I. I'm not, sometimes I forget to just reach out, right? Like we, I think we all kind of run into that in the social space and I'm like, we're doing our big game of the year, a bunch of our community members and Todd hasn't even like mentioned anything. I'm like, this is weird. So I, I like reached out. I was like, wait a minute, you're not even in disc. Like th- this is crazy. And so, but you were uh, kind enough to on a last minute show up your, your son was playing games in the background, which was awesome. Uh, but we had a great show, man. It was such a good time. Yeah, it was it was great. I I love the discussions because it's always good to hear about the games that people really drove them versus, you know, the typical hype you hear about everything else. That's typically in the zeitgeist. So um, it's always fun. We're doing ours in a couple of weeks. So uh, we wanted to wait. Same thing with our SFU awards, which is all things geek. Um, and that one, we always wait till the end of the year, just in case we found something that really grabbed us. Right. We had some time to play, you know, with 
Christmas break. So we're excited for that. And uh, it made me think, and I'm always building my list. And I guess a quick question for you, gents, is when you build up your game list, how do you do that? I have like a Google Doc. I -hmm. try to remember everything I play and I try to rank them and I came up with a new scale Mm -hmm. uh, that's helpful. But how do you like, I mean, just even like it's, it's a long year. A game that you love the beginning of the year may not be at the top, vice versa. Yeah, so um, we have so you can see our notes right now, Todd. Our listeners, maybe not, but we have like a notes thing that we do every week. Normally, I make a copy and send it, but I trust Todd implicitly, so you got our full like standard one. But if you scroll down, uh, there we have a running list of what comes out through the year, uh, like bigger titles, and then until today, we had a list of potential game of the years that we just added on through the year. Um, and added titles there. So we did that as far as like Logan and I digitally uh, to just kind of keep there. But I like to, I, I keep a lot of it in my head just because that's where I prefer. Um, but I also, I'm a big fan of graph paper for no reason. I just <laughs> like graph paper and I like to keep notes here. So I have like two or three notebooks that I just keep around with a pen clip to them and I just write stuff down there. That is how I used to take uh, or come up with questions for interviews. I used to keep it on my notepad as I just walked around because Jerry Seinfeld used to write jokes that way. I think Chappelle used to write jokes that way. Um, I enjoy I just kind of took cues from that. But that's how I keep up with my list. Uh, 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 Logan, do you have any differences there? Is that that same for you? Mine is passion based. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest when I'm, when I'm thinking of like the games that I played throughout the year and like what my tops are and stuff like that, I try not to trust lists because I think lists will, uh, build a better, a better mindset of what actually got played this year. Mm -hmm. So I'll go back and, and like, I've taken a look at like what I've played, but usually if you ask me like the stuff that I played and what, and what resonated the best, I'll go based off of just pure emotion mm-hmm. and where where i felt with a game and what stuck out so like i can i can tell you right now like hogwarts legacy left an impression on me that mm-hmm. lasted the entire year and i know like ellery right now in in our discord is has been absolutely loving it mm-hmm. and uh th- that's just kind of where i've always been with with games like if if it moves me emotionally it's going to rank pretty high on my list and then uh, like the the actual the actual list itself will probably get checked based off of like you know achievement lists or or uh, things that I did that um, rarely do I ever try to come out with like a full list of what I'm actually doing ever all throughout the year so that way it's like I feel more honest about whether or not things were were important or not. That's odd. Is that similar to what you do? So I have an ongoing list that I've just con- continued since I can't remember which year, but it allows me to track like every year and then uh, whether I completed the game or not, because I don't always complete every game and a mm-hmm. game maybe I'll want to come back to. So it's a good way to like actually have a log of like a game I enjoyed, but I didn't finish it. So I want to come back to it. So it's a good way for me to track. It's also a good day just to remember, like, what did I play? I go through all my achievement lists, mm-hmm. trophy lists, Steam playthrough 
check other things because I've got games everywhere. And uh, because I also play on PC. So, you know, you get your free Amazon games, you get your free Epic Store games too, and GOG. And then, uh, and by the way, if you can use it, GOG is great. GOG Galaxy can track like games from every system, whether you own them or not, because that's always a big problem. Like, do I actually already own that? And where do I own it? So Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I do it. I do the same thing with my media. And the good thing on Secret Fringe Unite every week, what have you been watching? I just mm-hmm. go through those old docs. I'm like, oh, yeah, I watched that. I watched that. I watched that. So it's a good system to keep me up to speed because recency is such a huge problem with me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to forget, oh, I enjoyed this thing really. Uh, and, and it kept with me, but I'm overwhelmed. I have a little bit ADD and like recency often clouds the past and things I enjoyed. So that's kind of how I approach it. That's interesting. I, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a list. You guys have you guys have both come at me with really good uh, perspectives on this. I think this is the first year I might actually decide to to come off with like an actual list of the stuff that I've played mm-hmm. and see how that works out. I uh, I was listening to Project X Talk with uh, friends of the show Jam Pack Sam and Kevin Ainsworth, um, two great creators, and I, I listen to their show weekly. Um, I was listening to how Kevin was speaking and Kevin said something that really like it irked me a bit. He said he's going to try to play as many games as possible in 2024. That was one of his like goals, like get, maybe not gaming resolutions, but like gaming intentions. And I can remember when I used to do that and I actually had less fun. And so Logan and I made a conscious effort in when we when we started together in 2023 find the fun like our purpose was to enjoy stuff not cover things for the sake of covering it not brutalize ourselves for reviews we actually stopped using the word review on a lot of our coverage on some things we still do but like it was just our experiences our coverage that kind of thing um because i chased something similar to kevin and like it was a fun goal at the time but now that doesn't suit me at the time it suited me and I think like Kevin's probably having a blast with it. It I could not do that anymore. That's not how I enjoy games. So my intention is not to play as many as possible because I'm the guy that will go on the sale list and pull an indie and just play. Oh, I love a good twin stick shooter. I like those small games as one's never heard of. I like the sevens and the sixes to try them out. Um, so if I tried to play as many as possible, I think my year would be very different, you know? You also, not to put words in your mouth, but I, I think you also approach games in a, in a way that most people probably don't like most people usually jump onto a game because it's popular or they have an interest in it and then they'll work through it to a certain point and then they'll be done. Mm-hmm. When you get into a game, you don't just get into a game, you get into like a franchise and yeah. then you, you live in that. You like you, you don't just dip your toe. You wade in the, in the ocean mm-hmm. for a while. And then when you come back home, that's when you're like, all right, let me see what else we got going on. And then you you jump onto like the next the next franchise and dive into that. And I think yep. that's a a very unique approach to gaming in general because it's not you're not just playing a Sonic game just to play the Sonic game because the Sonic right. game came out. You will go back and actually get all of the past Sonic games and try those as well, mm-hmm. or all of the past Spider Mans, or all of the past Spawn games and stuff. And like that is a that is a much different way of going about it. Whereas I think Kev. And again, not to try and put words in his mouth, I'd love to have him like retort on this to let me know if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I think he loves chasing the credits. And yeah. I think he, he likes to make sure that when he's working on a game that it gets done 
so that he can actually say like i know what the full extent of this game is mm-hmm. from a very main uh a, like a mainline perspective like i you know he doesn't necessarily have to 100 percent everything mm-hmm. but he wants to feel confident that that game was completed mm-hmm. i think you're you're right i think more people fall in line with kev's style of like chase the credits finish the game feel feel that completion um because i do get franchise intensive i do i do laser in on one thing sonic Mm -hmm. turtles star wars spider-man whatever it is and i consume it while i was playing spider-man 2 i was watching the cartoons you know while i played jedi survivor i was watching the shows like uh the latter half of my year was very busy with you know with a lot of like personal stuff so like i wasn't able to even enjoy shows but like starfield i had babylon 5 on and todd i never even got to i'm on the last episode of b5 season 5 but that that episode breaks me break down and cry every time so i haven't watched it yet like i've held off you know like but i do go deep in mm-hmm. uh pr- pretty extensively on a franchise that's that's a good observation so logan let's do our patreon uh pitch yeah. real quick and celebrate our patrons and then uh we'll dive into these topics a little, a little bit further how's that sounds good all right um, I want to thank everybody that has uh, supported XCP in 2023 at patreon.com slash Xbox expansion pass. Whether you were a one or two month person, whether you've been there the whole time, whatever level you were at, we appreciate you. Um, we did have a new patron sign up this week in frights. Uh, Kid.grim is how he goes by in our or they go by in our uh, discord. Thoroughly appreciate you signing on to support and be part of our community. We really appreciate that. Our community is so uplifting and so wholesome i feel like nobody's ever cruel or mean and whatever games you play i just added logan a jrpg tab that they requested in the channel and that thing's already like filled up like they are going off i have to mute it (laughs) oh yeah yeah that's you know i'm glad you said that because um i was not a discord person but as twitter died i was like let's create the discord it was logan's influence let's do this I am overwhelmed at Discord. I am active in our Discord, and occasionally I dip into others, but I mute everything because I do not do well with pings and notifications and red dots. So everything's muted. Mark has read um, in folders, so I don't see it because it does overwhelm me. But uh, I, I remember listening to the Nerd Chat, who are one of my you know words of kindness this week to Matt Valdez, who is supporting that group now after they showed up here, which is awesome. But like them, I get overwhelmed. I mute everything, Todd. Everything. I don't see anything from anyone's Discord unless I choose to go into it. But once I'm in there, two hours, like it's really awesome. But I love seeing how happy people are uh, in our Discord, having a blast. They're talking about their games, celebrating it. Everyone's supportive. They, they support Ellery's journeys on uh, various topics. We have serious debates, fun debates. It's such a good time. So uh, I love it. I think actively right now we have memes uh diablo starfield jrpgs the showcase like there's a lot in there it's fun it's fun yeah we'll have to we'll have to come up with a uh with like a channel or something like that that we can we can kind of like talk about like action adventure or something like that we need to counter we need the balance yeah but you know what we'll do cool games and jrpgs (laughs) how's that what no shooters. Sparks, no no <laughs> Battlefield 2042 allowed in this channel. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, Logan, uh, I'm gonna. Is it my turn or your turn to read the awesome tier two three? I think it's your turn. Okay, I could be wrong. Our tier two and three shout outs. Thank you guys for supporting the show. Uh, those names are Nicholas Johnson, Ellery Woods Parker the Third, 
Nicholas Downey, Rob Frawley II, Tao Zochi, Xbox Skittle, Steel Rain, Matto 1606, Randall Thor 19, Silkenet, Rick Gaffney, Hafrican aka Charles Jones, Game Positive, Jam Pack Sam, Matt Valdez, Neo Prime 33, Rick Davis, Red Beast, Xbox Mike 29, The Lord Sir, Master Completionist, Altruistic, All Father, Powerful Person, James Suddy, Brendan Myers, aka The Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing, Kevin Butler, Clint Coombs, DJ Hero, and Dano12. Thank you guys for supporting XEP. You guys helped me purchase software. Uh, or renew software for 2024. So I'm greatly appreciative to you guys. We did our Podbean a few weeks back, helped with CapCut. Uh, it has truly helped in ways that you guys may not see on the back end, but it's really helped a lot. So thank you guys. There we go. There we go. Nah. Uh, I said my words of kindness were Matt Valdez. Did anyone want to shout out any words of kindness for you this week? I know I want to give you guys the opportunity to do that. I, okay. again, I just always noble. Um, Noble over on Twitter is, is, uh, and actually, you know, what? I'll tell you what, um, Noble always comes through with the, with the, uh, like the end of the week report that I absolutely love. I, I love the way that they do the, uh, the kind of spreadsheet or like the, the outline, um, shout out to Danny Pena, uh, who actually went out and found one of these Xbox series S toasters and, and did a video on it because I was not expecting this to be a thing. And mm -hmm. the fact that he's already got content out there on it, so I don't have to go out and buy one. Mm -hmm. just, uh, I, I appreciated the heck out of that. So thank you, Danny. Nice. There you go. Todd, any words of kindness this week? You know, um, I, you know, we've got a discord. It's obviously, it's a little quieter, uh, than, than yours. So, but, um, I, I do have, uh, one person who's always just awesome, always in the mix. His name's Slosh Ritter. He's fantastic. That's a pseudonym. He doesn't go by his real name. He doesn't want to have any publicity, mm -hmm. but he's, he's been a fantastic member. Just, he's all over the place when it comes to weird tech. He talks about sports. We have a sports channel. Um, so it's, it's great that, uh, we have people that really engage. And when you have a, a, a pay, a, like a, a discord and a Patreon where people are completely engaged, it makes you feel validated. It makes you feel like, like oh, people really like us. Thank mm -hmm. you so much. That's cool. Yeah. Shout out to them. That is a, that is a good feeling. I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. So, well, guys, uh, we alluded to this early on. And one of the reasons we were able to just chat so far is because and there's not been a lot of Xbox news. Uh, and I'll, I'll guiltily admit, uh, given that we took last week's audio podcast off, I've kind of liked the quiet, given that so much of 2023 was polarizing news. There were things to celebrate, things to be upset over, lots of discussion, debate, Activision Blizzard, unionization. There was a lot of good, bad, ugly all around. But in my mind, there were so many great games to celebrate. I was able to uh, put stuff in, play a lot of games, but also had stuff in the backlog. So lately I've been playing Alan Wake 2. And that's a game that I anticipated since the end of Alan Wake 1, 11, 12 years ago, whenever that was. Um, but I wasn't in the right mindset. And I want to talk about that a little bit because so much of playing video games requires the right mindset. Logan often jokes with me that I don't like to think or read or whatnot. And that largely has to do with state of mind. Am I in a place where I can focus and put energies toward X or Y? Or do I just want to turn my brain off and shoot or play or tap A or whatever it is? Um, and I think that's true of a lot of games. And some people have jobs that or, or minds that 
don't require a lot of thinking or they can handle even more. Others are the opposite end of that spectrum. So they can play different games at different times. But I've found that in finding the fun in 2023 and pushing myself to not try to cover everything right away, picking up Alan Wake 2 when I was ready versus when it came out to get content, that kind of thing, has really allowed me to enjoy this game in a way that I would not have. Um, it's a brilliant title. Sam Lake, uh, and I'm so sorry, Red Beast, for your children. Sam Lake is really up his own ass in some ways. He's very Zack Snyder or very Kojima in some places, but I really enjoy what I'm playing a lot of the time. But I often have to take breaks. Like I'll play for an hour, hour and a half. Play. You got to play with headphones on. It's one of those games. Uh, play, it's going to be like Hellblade, like a lot of audio in input. But then I got to go play Diablo or go play D Halo or something to turn my brain off do a few races in Fortnite racing or something. But I really enjoy that. And I wonder if you guys have experienced something similar to your mind wasn't ready to play the game. And then when it was, you got to enjoy it that much more. Have either of you experienced something similar? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. That's, I would say, um, I was ready for Starfield, but there's definitely been games where, like, I'm, I'm actually in that stint right now. Like, right now, I can't focus on anything like I've been trying to play through Baldur's Gate and I have to pick it up like little by little and do little things here and there. But bro, there's so much with that game that I just realized I'm just not I'm not the type of person to, to try and think outside the box, like like sit there and like twist my beard and, and you know, like uh, or my twirl my mustache and think like, oh, how am I going to set this uh, set this this fight up and stuff like that? It's like I just want to run in and smash something with a sword. Can I do that? Because mm -hmm. that game has so much headspace for for working out like the puzzles and stuff like that. It's like I just I it's not my bag. Like I'm good with 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 like Destiny raids or Warcraft raids where I have to learn what the mechanical fight is and avoid the mechanics to to kind of like do your best and stuff like that. But when it comes to games like Baldur's Gate, I think that it requires a lot of attention. It's very rare that I can feel like i'm i'm able to passively play that compared to you know like call of duty or or fortnite or or you know racing games and stuff where i can just kind of turn turn off my brain and just enjoy the the aspect and it doesn't i don't feel like i'm i'm losing out on something because the stakes aren't that high uh and that's kind of like the mindset that i'm in right now it's why i haven't been able to really get into avatar i haven't i haven't felt like the the desire to jump into that because i just am not mentally set to be able to go and like dive into that world head on and really feel like I can commit myself to it. I would agree. And Todd, what do you got? Yeah, I, I think Baldur's Gate three is one of those games where I don't know if anyone's ever felt like this, like almost like so intimidated to even start it. It's almost like I feel like, oh, I don't know if that's for me. And it just like I, I sometimes hold myself back from playing mm -hmm. a game. Um, and that's where it would be like cyberpunk for me now. I'm finally into it um, and I'm loving it. And I'm trying to start wrapping my mind around certain games. I shouldn't play at launch because mm -hmm. I know they will be significantly better because mm -hmm. either past history or just the way the type of games are typically jumping into a live service game like day one. is probably the worst experience you're ever going to have cues drops things like that like when people say like oh you know why did this game fail because it's 
that's the worst it will ever probably be for that game at one time, mm-hmm. or it's going to have glitches and you're not going to enjoy yourself. Um, so uh, cyberpunk now with its update, I think it's on 2.02 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I now finally have a 4070 graphics card, which supports DLS 3.5, which is amazing. And um, now it's got all of the, the wrinkles wrapped out. I don't have like cops, you know, converging on me like crazy. And my son already played through it. And so he's kind of my champion too. And I'll ask him, for hints, having an 18 year old kid is a great resource because <laughs> he gets so in depth in games mm-hmm. that he and he likes to help. He was a Sherpa in Destiny, too, um, and he was helpful. He's a very helpful. He's playing Terraria with friends right now, telling him what to do. They're playing online today. And I'm like, and he's been playing that game forever. So, yeah, there's certain games where I need to have my mindset for it that I'm like, and sometimes I just have to get over it myself and just say, go in and just try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and where I and you know you talk about find the fun. I'm of the mindset too. There's too many games, too many not enough hours in the day that I'm perfectly fine with getting what a game offers mm-hmm. and bouncing. Like get it. I did that with Super Mario RPG, the new one. I'm like tried it. I'm like yep, I get it. I just don't see anything there that would be like I'm going to enjoy this more the more I play it. <laughs> I mean, there might things be added, but I just feel like. Um, time is valuable and I am it's so weird because I don't game in the morning my brain just not there like I don't like to eat a hamburger for breakfast and <laughs> just like you know I, I typically it's so my mind has certain things that kind of sabotage me from playing playing more mm-hmm. so um but yeah there's certain games like journey that was a game that I'd heard so much about the emotional experience of it and I'm like am I ready for this mm-hmm. I normally wouldn't have a reaction to a game but when I did I'm like it was fantastic to go through it but it's a game i wouldn't go through again because i don't mm-hmm. think i could repeat that experience but yeah that was a game where i feel like like i had to get myself ready for it um before i was uh ready and and it definitely that's one of the most memorable experiences i ever had i run into that as as well like there are some games i play once and i never want to play again i don't ever want to play the last of us or last of us 2 again i did not enjoy those games it was very evident and, and make sure any listener that's about to like rage, please feel free to type your comment. I enjoy that, but I don't have fun with them. They're very well made masterful experiences, but it's not fun. And my mind has to be in the right spot. Like I, I can't watch the last of a show or even any show that is just too emotionally intense. That is not how I enjoy content. Um, you make a good point though, about like not playing at launch day as content creators or people that are in a social gaming space, there is a pressure I think to play every game. I think anybody that's tuned in on social spaces of any kind, Twitter threads, Instagram, TikTok, you see clips and it's like, Oh, I'm supposed to be playing and enjoying this. I'm supposed to be doing X or Y. And if you can just wait, both your wallet and your experience will be better. Um, and I think that's, that is telling of our, our gaming culture and community that those that are tuned in are expected to in, enjoy play, create, for X and Y, but if you just are a little patient, you'll probably have a better time. Um, I'm guilty of that in, in many times in my gaming career, but I think I'm pushing further and further away from that now. So, you know, yeah, I, uh, I'm curious though, speaking of Alan Wake two, a game that I did not include in my game of the year list. I'm still not sure if I would, despite loving it. Um, I'm curious. Have, I know Logan, I know that you aren't interested. It's a horror game and I don't recommend you play it. Um, you can play the first one and be fine, but this is not for you. Uh, Todd, not for you. You're shaking your head. No, now. no, I, I, 
I absorb, I like horror films, uh, okay. horror films and horror games, but I am a complete scaredy cat. So it's mm-hmm. like, I have to force myself, but I do love it when I'm in it. Mm-hmm. Alan Wake 2, uh, more scary. And I would say the level of difficulty was, was, it was higher than the first game. And I had to really think about the way I played because I'm the type of gamer where if I get like health packs or I get like extra things, health potions, I always don't want to use them because I'm like, mm-hmm. I'll need them later. And I realized in this game, you just got to use this stuff, like your, your mm-hmm. ammo and other things as you go through it, because you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And there are moments, Luke, I think you've probably seen a couple of them where you're just walking through a hallway. All of a sudden, <laughs> Alan Wake's face will come up and it's like, ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's exhilarating for me. It is one of those things like, I love it. Um, but I'm also the type of guy that'll go like this, or I'll watch a horror film on another monitor. So mm-hmm. I don't have to look at it like the Babadook. Oh my God, that movie was so scary, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm like, I have to watch it. I have to see what it's all about. So, um, I think that's a game where, yeah, if you, if, if you are not, uh, if you are easily scared or you d- make that experience, makes you uncomfortable, definitely not for you, but there were so many happy surprises in that game. And I think Luke, you even mentioned about how people are playing this game. It's a game you can play out of order based mm-hmm. on the character you're playing, which I appreciated because I'm like, oh, I'm doing it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And there are some moments that are viral. We've seen a couple of them. And mm-hmm. I, I just gave me some of the most special moments of the year in gaming. I love it. And I still have to I've got another two weeks before I have to finalize my list, but it's going to be there somewhere. Mm-hmm. I uh, I have found in the first Alan Wake that's a game that you go through almost linearly, linear, linearly, linearly, and experience. Whereas Alan Wake 2 is a game you participate in the crafting of the narrative. And it's a very, very different way to play. Um, I don't, I, I can't, I don't know how I feel about it yet. I don't think I will know for a good bit because some of the things are just such a departure from what it was. Uh, Saga Anderson is very traditional in terms of play, whereas Alan is very different. Um, and I find sometimes that the, I, and I think this happens to directors that are unedited. I think Neil Druckmann ran into this with Last of Us. Like sometimes you could just rein it in and your message is better understood. Um, your message is lost on people the further more complex you become. But I'm anxious to finish it and see kind of how it does by the end, you know, like what my thoughts are by the end uh, of this game. So we'll see. Do you know, do you know how far you are? So talk about playing it out of order. No, um, <laughs> but I have seen the musical number that was participated in at the Game Awards. Okay. I've seen that. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but fairly far. I'm on Alan's okay. third storyboard, but then mm. Saga, I'm, I've solved quite a few cases. So I got further into Saga, I think, because I enjoyed playing a Saga more. So, but again, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe I'm not even a little bit in. I can't. It's not a. It's not a. What's not? It's not a loop. It's a spiral. Um, that's the joke. But there's a lot going on, and it's it's kind of exhausting. But I love it because I love control. I love the universe. I'm enjoying some of the stuff uh, that's going on there. Some of it is absolutely terrifying. It is a terrifying game uh, at times. I put up my first jump scare of the game in a YouTube short, which, if you don't know better, is not scary at all. Like, but if you have your headphones on, you're quiet and you've been playing all, and then all of a sudden, pink, it does that little flash. You're just like, Duh! um, so that was good. I liked it. So. 
<laughs> All right, guys. Uh, changing changing subjects here. There are rumors of a developer direct happening soon. Um, I've heard these rumors. I made a jo- I made a joke click engagement tweet just that news is coming soon. I've heard that news is coming soon. I am not an insider. And people were making their way to my DMs, which I thought was hilarious because, uh, like, what do I know? But lots of insiders within the industry have noted that there are Xbox spotlights showcases perhaps a developer direct on the way there is precedent given that last year there was a developer direct where we got to see towerborn for the first time i believe it was uh we saw hi-fi rush and a shadow drop we got to see updates on several games including minecraft legends uh it was a very good well-received developer direct and so the precedent set by that makes sense that you would see another uh is there an announcement imminent by the time you are here in this episode? Do we already hear about it? My expectation is that it happens within the next two weeks, but who knows, right? Like, I don't know anything. Double fine's been putting feelers out. Um, I'm curious if any of these, if any of these uh, rumors or whatnot have made their way to your social feeds, uh, and if you are hopeful or expectant of these to happen. Todd, I'll start with you, bud. Um. I think with CES being next week, so that's the big electronic show in Vegas, I know Sony will be there, but I haven't heard anything about, you know, Xbox or Microsoft being there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Microsoft actually just turned their hardware development for like their mouse and keyboards to another company, which is I thought was interesting. Um, but I don't know if Xbox will have anything there. So in regards to hardware, they normally wouldn't have it there, but they could be there and have something, but probably not game related. But in regards to... Um, developer direct. I think 2023 was Xbox's best year for mm-hmm. communication and getting it right, um, which I which I really enjoyed. So I'm hoping they're going to improve on those things that worked really well. Uh, but I think something has to be in a minute because they've got a lot of games ready to go, or we think, and we have no release dates. Um, and we know some games are, are imminent coming. So I really hope it's not a year where we see a back-end heavy. I'd rather have releases throughout the year so those games have time to breathe, find an audience, um, so they aren't clustered together. And you just feel like, wow, I wish they would have given the game a little more attention, love, and more time to shine. So and based on the, the things you have here they have no shortage of things to announce. So I think something has to be very soon. So I'm hoping the next couple of weeks, because it's going to be a crazy year because Sony hasn't announced really anything mm-hmm. uh, first party wise. And then Nintendo's probably going to, you know, eventually say, Hey, we've got switch X super switch, whatever coming. So I think Microsoft would be good to get out front and early and set the pace. Mm-hmm. Logan. I, I've been saying that I think that they're probably going to do another developer direct. I think that it's it's a smart way to go about having something that you can talk about that is, you know, you, ha- you had something in June, then you get something in September or August, and then you have something in January or February. And that kind of like covers a majority of the year. And as far as the rumors, no, I haven't seen any any rumors come across my my feeds on social media, which I, I honestly, I prefer because I, the rumor mill is, is a way to kind of fill in space. I like when we actually have something cool to talk about as opposed mm-hmm. to like, Oh, I bet this is what's going to happen. Cause you know, it's, it's like it, it, you're kind of setting yourself up for expectations that may never come. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, it's usually like, Oh, well, I can't believe they didn't do this. It's like, well, did they, they ever say said they, they were going to? Yeah. So, I, I'm, I'm totally excited just to see like what they've got. Uh, but 
you know, if it, if it doesn't come, then I, I, you know, I'll just wait for an official announcement, but I don't know. They, there's, there's plenty of stuff that we know is actually coming. Mm-hmm. I think it's always kind of based around the timing and like development. And I don't think we'll ever get like that information unless it's, it's gotten in ill gotten manners. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I tend to agree. I think last year's developer direct was well received. It was unique in that it did cover some stuff that, uh, was not necessarily mainstream. I think a lot of people will point to the shadow drop of Hi-Fi Rush, which makes good sense. That game was very well received, uh, rightfully so. In my mind, it was a wonderful game. Uh, And a lot of people are suggesting that we might see another shadow drop because of the success of that. I'm very curious to know if you all think that's a good thing, because to my way of thinking, if if you do a shadow drop this year, then you are setting a precedent and expectation that it's gonna happen every time. And that is a scary thing in a world where budgets, personnel, laws, release schedules all change. Development is not an easy or predictable path. And I wonder if setting a precedent of another shadow drop is the best way to go. That said, it's also a great way to avoid expectations for smaller titles. Had Pentiment been a shadow drop or or uh, Bleeding Edge been a shadow drop, would the reception of them been different hi-fi rush was well received but had it been building up with six months time with the expectations of that game to be uh the next last of us rival or spider-man killer or ghost of Tsushima, would that be a fair expectation to put i don't think so so i, th- I see positives and negatives in this particular uh a- arena logan what are your thoughts on that yeah no i'm i'm with you on that i i have the same feeling it's like I don't know if we should expect shadow drops for every announcement. I think that's kind of a, a weird way to kind of go about it, but I'm, I'm hoping that if we do get another developer direct that they're able to do what they did the first time and at least just let the teams kind of speak to their content. Um, I think that's why that hit so well. I think that's what made it so much more interesting than just here's a CG trailer. And mm-hmm. we look forward to, you guys being excited about the game. Like I, I, I like when we were actually hearing from the studios themselves, talk about the things that they've been working on for years mm-hmm. when they're ready to, because I think that that, that comes across more authentic than mm-hmm. most of like whatever the marketing teams kind of worked up over the years. We, one studio that we have heard from in order to kind of address that exact thing, we heard uh, via a tweet uh, by Double Fine that they are working on something. They have been working on something. They'll share news when they're ready. It almost felt in context like a reaction to these rumors that they would be showcasing uh, a new project. A lot of people have pointed to a project that they showcased a long time ago and then ne- we never heard about again, a Project Kiln. Um, unsure if that's actually the case, but Double Fine is a good example of a studio that crafts games that are not your AAA experiences, but they're very high quality, what I would say AA. Uh, experiences is the next double fine game like the right uh, size game scoped game for a developer direct i would say yes but again that's such a nebulous term what that means to me might be different to you um you know i feel like it, it is time to see what some of these studios be it in exile or uh double fine are working on we know hellblade we know avowed we know Towerborn, we know Microsoft Flight Sim for this year. We don't know what Clockwork Revolution's timeline is. We don't know what uh, 
has happened to Perfect Dark. We don't know what has happened to Everwild or whatnot. There are opportunities in a developer direct to spotlight games, but the scope of a game might be really important here, and it might be a, a double fine win to do that here. That's That was kind of my take. What do you think, Todd? Um, I was reading, and I'm not sure I couldn't find the article, but apparently Hi-Fi Rush was ready quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. And the developers actually would have preferred it got more attention in advance. So, I, I mean, I think it's a, a dual-edged sword because your point. Um, I think for a Shadow Drop to work, it has to be obviously come out of nowhere, something you weren't expecting. Um, but it's probably something also that you ha- you can easily sell very quickly mm-hmm. and say, I get the idea. It's for, I think they did a great job of covering kind of what that game was very quickly. I'm not sure if that works for a Pentiment because a Pentiment just seems like a game that it, it, it's not for everyone and it's mm-hmm. not apparent what it is. So mm-hmm. it could be a curiosity. I just don't know it work. But I think in regards to the studios that could drop something, um, I think Double Fine is, is a, is a brilliant pick because they do like the day of the devs things. They do a lot of experiments. I mean, they rarely repeat ideas like that game stacking. Uh, they've done some crazy things that are not exactly huge but our big ideas. So I could see them just have something in their back pocket. They're like, Hey, I want to try that. I want to try this and and not build up anticipation and want to see what, how people react to it. And I think mm-hmm. that's one of the, the brilliant things about Xbox. Now they have so many studios, every studio doesn't have to deliver every time uh, and worry about their livelihood. So I, I think that's great. And um, I mean, if they're not ready for a game to be shadow dropped, I think that's perfectly fine. Um, kind of reminds me when you hear about these conferences like Nintendo does this a lot. We'll only be talking about these games mm-hmm. or this time period. And they typically will then not do that. And they'll talk about something that's brand new. So it's almost like, well, you set up the expectation and changed it. So now are we going to expect you to do this every time? Mm-hmm. Uh, perception is reality. We know that. Um, and But I would hate it to, to, for Xbox to be punished uh, because of our expectations. So I, I, I think a shadow drop would be very cool but uh, not necessary and potentially could go wrong if it's not a, a big hitter like Hi-Fi Rush. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm inclined to agree. Logan, any other thoughts on that one? Yeah, I, I like to live by the rules of the Matrix, so my perception isn't actually my reality. I actually like to live mm-hmm. in the, uh, the, ma- the, you know, like everything's a simulation mm-hmm. aspect of it. But other than that, good points. Well, Elon, that's a great take. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Did you see the red dress? <laughs> Oh yeah! Did you, did you, Logan? You guys have to subscribe to uh, Grown or Gone or whatever it is on X. Grok, Gronk, Grok. Yeah, you guys. Gotta see, you got You have to subscribe to Grok to see the red dress. I I routinely log into Threads. I don't routinely log into Pay. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start moving over to Threads. I think. Uh, I'm that's why some more time. Yeah. yeah, I'm just trying to make sure I put something still on x so it's just there so mm-hmm. people know we're live because it's growing and mm-hmm. they need dms in threads though they don't have still yeah, don't have that they're on their way uh yeah. from what the meta people i the, the cool part about threads because it's a small community you get to interact with people more easily which yes. is the whole point of content creation yes. and social um, but several project <laughs> several meta project designers follow me on threads because they kind of focus in gaming and and mm-hmm. vice versa so i get to dialogue with them and there are things that are coming uh, which is kind of cool. And that's not like a, Hey, I'm cool. It's like a, it's a small, it's a small pond. So we get to have a direct access to things, mm-hmm. which is the whole yeah. point. Right. Um, whether it's a, a developer direct or something like it, I do think that in the, in the first 
two months of the year. We need to get some sort of news on what's going on with the Activision Blizzard catalog, uh, be it back compact games or stuff that currently exists there, because there are a lot of questions to my mind about what can and can't be put into Game Pass quickly, uh, what what can and can't be put dropped into different subscription services or available in other places, cloud streamed, uh, because they must honor previous agreements. We know that Ubisoft is taking over the cloud distribution rights in, is it the EU or UK? One of the two. It's the EU and UK. Oh, it's both. Okay. Um, but Ubisoft will be handling distribution of Activision Blizzard assets there in the cloud. There's a lot of questions and complexities, I think, that currently revolve around Activision Blizzard, just as there was for Bethesda early on. I think an opportunity to address that would be useful and helpful. I also think that there is probably an opportunity for Xbox to drop some things into the Bat Compat program as well. Release some titles, see some old Call of Duties get in there. Uh, maybe some old IP like Singularity or uh, Pie in the Sky in my mind are the old Spider-Man games, which are Activision owned, but licenses are, are nebulous in the Spider-Man area. But I'd love to see some of those old Beanox Spider-Man games exist again, uh, or at least be readily available again, I should say. Um, I, I'd really like to see some address about Activision Blizzard in some Xbox Direct, be it Developer Direct or something else within the next two months. Um, do you guys have any interest in seeing those old back compact games come through? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think it's uh, I think it's time that we kind of address the, the elephant in the room, which is when Bethesda was purchased that that felt more like a uh, like a, a, a mutual marriage. Whereas this feels much more like a, a cold acquisition because as soon as we got the Bethesda deal, Todd Howard was out there talking to people, you know, Pete Hines was out there talking to people, you know, Phil Spencer and them, they were all talking about how this is something that really makes sense because of the relationship that they have with the studios and, and kind of been working together over the decades mm -hmm. with the Activision Blizzard. It's like, okay, Codex out. We're good. We're, we're putting our people in. This is a hostile takeover. We're going to just, you know, take all of this and, and try and fix the wrongs that, that have been done in this company so that we can try and make this thing feel like much more of like an Xbox brand. And I don't mean hostile is like a negative. It is a negative, but I mean, like, is they're going to come in and just insert their people instead mm -hmm. of working as a partnership the way they do with Bethesda and Zenimax mm -hmm. Studios. And I I think we need to really kind of see what the fruits of this acquisition are in the first quarter of, of January. And I think that the stockholders probably feel the same way. So I would not be surprised if alongside like a developer direct that we got last year, that we get some sort of kind of teases from the xbox game pass like social accounts kind of letting us know like where's what the drip feed of of back compact games are going to be from the activision blizzard uh catalog and which ones are are they because right now i think the reason why we haven't heard anything is because they've been planning out what do we want to have to kind of be like the the gap fillers mm -hmm. for game pass because we all know like game pass is planned out six months to two years in advance for titles like we already know they already know like what's going to be coming so i think the big thing here is just kind of deciding like all right 
what is it that we want to put in time zones that might actually either counter the games that we know are already coming to kind of help fill in the gaps of of genres or what's going to work kind of like symbiotic with the games that we're releasing like is there a family friendly game that's coming out uh that we can throw like some spyro or some crash in there with you to kind of like give you some some different things to jump on mm-hmm. so that's kind of how it swinging too it came out swinging in january that's for sure yeah it's a good it's a good month for game pass did you did you guys see that game pass's social accounts kind of went back and forth with sony uh a sony account yeah. about yes about yakuza. Yakuza. yeah yeah over yakuza like you, you, playstation i think it was uk we're like you yeah. can buy yakuza da, 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 da. and then game pass was like you can play yakuza on game pass da, 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 you know for less money or some very you know that's paraphrasing but i got a kick out of that stuff um i like a bolder xbox in 2024 i think it's now they can be bolder because 2022 it was like all right calm down buddy you know, like, yes, Game Pass is valuable. Yes, your hardware is rocking. Yeah, you recovered from the Xbox One, but... And in 2023, I felt like they did a lot of things right. Uh, and 2023, not a great year for for PlayStation, for Sony. They, they kind of, it feels, I should say, they botched the Bungie acquisition. Only one big game release. Then they got the announcement of a, yet another remaster of their known catalog, which is still a great game. Um, there, there were some financial troubles jim ryan's leaving there's there was just a lot of you can say luke bobby kodak moving in yeah we we we, logan is adamant that bobby kodak is going to sony which you know it does it does line up but um yeah sony didn't have a great year and yet still sold incredibly well and all credit to that right um but xbox could be confident in 2023 but now i feel like yo it's done you got the big the big dogs you still need to deliver, but you you put out a ton of first party stuff in 2023, but you didn't quite have the big dog. You know, your big dog in Starfield, incredibly incredible mountain time played, huge engagement numbers, way better than Skyrim uh, out the gate. But Skyrim's had 11, 20, however many years to build mods and stuff. But Starfield, pretty good launch, all things considered. Um but the narrative on, on Skyrim is changing, right? It's going in decline, and that that's a weird odd. So you need a big dog hit. So 2023, I, or 2024, rather, I want a bold Xbox. Todd, you look like you had a few thoughts on that. Um, I agree. And, and uh, you know, I think Xbox, you know, if they've got any... I mean, it's like I always talk about when a president gets his second term, like... Now I've got cachet. I've got some 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 capital I can spend. Mm-hmm. Xbox should have that now because um, they have acquired so much and they can do so much with it and find ways to delight us. I'm thinking about ways they can find synergies with ABK uh, that I think a lot of people haven't thought about. Like thinking about uh, if they want to grow mobile. Uh, King, when I looked at what King has put out there, Candy Crush and things like that, I mean, I think that's an opportunity to put some of their franchise faces out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like Final Fantasy 14 has what? the the Or, or uh, what is it? The Final Fantasy characters in Apex, Apex. Legends or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I right. think that's time. I mean, get some, some Overwatch skins or something from the Xbox uh, portfolio. Can cross play there, I think would be fantastic. Um, I, I think... The when I think about Game Pass, they put out typically what eight games a month, somewhere around there is their normal mm-hmm. cadence. Uh, um, I think they could pepper it 
through with, hey, this is going to be our first round. And maybe it's the Crash Bandicoot game or something mm-hmm. like that. It doesn't have to be everything all at once, but I think that would be uh, a good way to show that these games will start showing up, filling in some gaps. And um, I think to what, what Logan said about, you know, planning it out, obviously they weren't just waiting to make some plans while the merger was happening. They were engaged on road mapping, uh, you know, all everything where they can come. So I, I would, and it's going to be neat this year because ABK has largely not been in press conferences. They have not participated. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see what Xbox does. They still do the Xbox Bethesda ABK presentation, or are they just going to say, hey, we're a big Xbox family. We don't have to call it a specific branch of our studios anymore to make mm-hmm. anyone feel like they're less than mm-hmm. uh, i always thought that was weird because i'm like yeah bethesda's important but you know how would you feel if you're rare or some other company it's like okay mm-hmm. we're not not as much so um i i think it could be a great time to shine um and i'm hoping we've got some surprises from activision of going outside of their comfort zone mm-hmm. some reboots some remakes some remasters whatever uh, you know, even some new IP would be fantastic uh, because putting your all eggs in all, one basket with the current franchises they have. And when I saw, you know, there's some excitement around Fortnite, the the rock band or whatever, mm-hmm. the harmonics thing just mm-hmm. makes think of Guitar Hero. Mm-hmm. Perfect time. There's some excitement, I think, around the music genre. Let's go back to that well. And, and you know, if Microsoft can afford some licenses for music. They, you know, they, 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 and I think a design lab guitar Mm-hmm. would be amazing mm-hmm. i mean why not you know flex a muscle and get people happy and build some of that uh fan service mm-hmm. that i think xbox really needs in different venues and different franchises so uh, i think it's time for xbox to shine uh and shine strong i feel like flex the muscle is the exact right term because now that when they gained bethesda there were still several uh, deals in place across multiple platforms. There was still speculation about things, but even then their portfolio wasn't as large as it certainly is now. But when you command that, what was the largest publisher of games before and some of the biggest IP and call of duty, some of the most recognizable faces in Spyro and crash in terms of the plat- uh, mascot platformers, Xbox now commands the industry in a way that perhaps they didn't. When I say commands the industry, I mean, they have influence in a way that they didn't before. PlayStation is something we, we consistently hear PlayStation's name alongside third-party deals. Uh, Square Enix being the most comfortable. Like Final Fantasy and PlayStation are synonymous to, despite some of the catalog being in other places. Nintendo Switch, Xbox, PC. Some of it, some here, some there. But now, no one can ignore the titles that are now under Microsoft's umbrella. Would Nintendo be interested in an Xbox and Switch release of a Spyro game? Would that make sense for them? Minecraft has existed in perpetuity across all platforms with no interruptions. Uh, MLB The Show has existed on Game Pass day and date since MLB was like, no, you're putting it here. Uh, Xbox as a brand now can say, do you want this? We'll publish X or Y in your platform or not. You know, that is a a big, a big thing to be able to say. And if you offend the giant that is Xbox, Bethesda, Activision, Blizzard, King, whatever, everything in there, uh, if you bother them, 
in a way by making third party deals in other places? Does that damage a relationship for future content? I don't know the answer to that. I'm not wise enough to know if that is actually how it works. But I have to imagine if you're Square Enix, uh, it's a little different now. Every deal you cut with PlayStation than it was a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. I would have to think, but I don't know, and I'm not pretending to know. I've got a question. Um, I know the PlayStation crowd, uh, and I'm part of that. I'm a big PlayStation fan. They that that fan base gets really upset when those games goes out, go elsewhere to PC. For some mm-hmm. reason, they're like it diminishes the importance of platform. I'm like that's just silly. I think mm-hmm. it's people can see those games and they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Is that similar in Xbox community? Would would they get mad if like high? I'm hearing rumors Hi-Fi Rush might go to Switch. I mean. Mm-hmm. I, I I just feel like if that's something they even care about, like, hey, I can play here on Game Pass for 15 bucks a month, but you got to pay 40 bucks for it. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty good about that decision, having Game Pass. So I don't know. Is that something that happens at all? I don't see that. Logan, do you see that? I, I think I see where the where people are coming from, from that aspect. And I think it's less about like how you play it or, or uh, you know, how much you're spending on it. I think a lot of it has to do with... Um, building value in the brand where exclusives matter like there's no value to a brand if there's no exclusives like the reason why a lot of people like steam is because that's where all their pc games are and anytime a a game can't come to steam they feel like that diminishes the value of their their uh their their you know choice of of store and they're always like well this is ridiculous how come it's not on steam like it's in the Microsoft store. Just if do you have game pass. Yes. Okay. Well, why don't you just play it through the Microsoft store? Well, cause it's not steam like, okay, but why is that? Why does that matter so much? And I think if a lot of it comes down to familiarity, I think with the, the hi-fi rush thing or with like PlayStation games going somewhere else, I think the, and, and, and this is me stretching here, but I think part of it's also the experience. Like when you buy a PlayStation five, you are under the impression that you are playing a game that is tailor-made to that hardware. Mm-hmm. And the concept of playing that game on a PC with a better graphics card and getting more frames or having ray tracing kind of belies the the investment that someone made into that hardware for the PlayStation 5. And I think that that's one of the, the, the troubles with people looking at... at consoles and thinking like well this is the best experience it's like no this isn't the best experience it's the easiest and most affordable experience the best experience is probably going to be on pc with a really expensive rig and getting all of all of the graphics and all the frame rates and all the ray traces and stuff like that's going to be where the game is probably the best represented as long as the port has been done well but i i see it and it and it frustrates me because it's like I'm, I'm with you, Todd. Like, I, I don't care where I play it for the most part. If I have access to it, then I'll then I'll play it wherever I have access to it. If it's not a good experience, then I'll check and see like where else. Like Baldur's Gate 3, I've started playing that on Steam now because the Xbox experience for me, and, and this is a console-based thing, not just like an Xbox thing, but the console experience for that game for me is horrendous. I think it's a terrible, terrible approach to playing that game. Uh, where I've seen that kind of done better with other games. So I've been in, in enjoying it more on PC because of of just like having more, uni- like having a mouse and keyboard just works better for that game, I think. 
Um, so, and that's going to be my personal experience, but it's, it's interesting to kind of see when folks get upset about that kind of, <laughs> that kind of thing with games going elsewhere. I, I tend to agree with Logan and I think a healthier Xbox with given the direction of their brand, they started in 2017 with Xbox play anywhere, buy your games, play them wherever you want and releasing things onto PC. I think that makes good sense. PlayStation has built their brand on giving incredible AAA experiences only on PlayStation. And as a consumer, the only on PlayStation matters a lot. When you start taking that away, gamers don't like to have things taken away, only added, right? That's why changes are so often said and then walked back within quietly sleeping. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the policies of PlayStation and Xbox now mimic the Xbox One launch. But we weren't ready, right? And as, an, as a PlayStation gamer, I think your expectation to Logan's point is that only on PlayStation do you get this experience. And the idea of that being available somewhere else is bothersome when you spent $500 on something and Xbox just hasn't set that tone. They haven't had that big one game that you can only have here. And they are no, I don't think that's something they're going to do, right? I think Hellblade's your best shot at that. And even then, uh, I think Hellblade's on PC, is it not? I'm I feel like I'm, maybe I'm crazy here. It is on PC. Yeah. Um, so it's just a different mindset. Xbox is set to make their money in a different way. Their their attitude, their business is designed to be very different than, than PlayStation. And we've seen, uh, courtesy of the hacks against Insomniac, which suck, but we've seen that that is a consistently less profitable model. That PlayStation is running into more and more problems with this model. They're, they're selling consoles out the wazoo. They're selling high numbers of games, but they're getting less from them. And that eventually will be a, a uh, diminishing return that they can't keep doing. And they're going to have to change. Whereas I think Xbox is building for a future 10 years out where there are no boxes, where you just log in. And that sucks, but also is awesome. You know what I mean? Like there are pros and cons everywhere. I want a box. I don't want a box to go away. I like that. But also, I kind of like logging into my phone and getting achievements. That's kind of cool, too. We see with all these uh, raw guy and, and its competitors that people just like jumping in and logging in, playing. And as long as my achievements don't go away, my memories aren't gone. Cool. So that, that would be my, my take on that one. Did I did I answer that question? Oh, I think so. Yeah, because I, I think it's one of the things Sony is changing their tune. They are putting their games out like a couple years later. Um, I do think there's maybe a fear that, well, if my games are everywhere, then maybe Xbox will stop making hardware. But yeah, I think it's silly. Having games everywhere is great. Um, mm -hmm. I love and, you know, it's funny you talked about Hellblade. First, Hellblade has VR, mm -hmm. um, which you can play on PC. I am curious to see if Xbox will embrace their developers to still do VR if they want. Uh, because obviously PC has VR that's there and we see integration now with Game Pass on Quest. Mm -hmm. I would like to see more in that space. I just don't know if Xbox would put resource towards VR. If That's if a not. good question. Wasn't a very popular PlayStation uh, game developer, Firewall 1 and 2, maybe, maybe it's a different title, but they literally said like, hey, we can't keep this up in large part, though not the only reason, but because VR is not adopted well enough. Um, it's just not a thing that is as easily and readily available and it's just too much. It's, it's not worth the resources put in. That's a good question. Now, Luke, I, question. 
I have to push back a little bit. I Might have be. a switch. I have a cardboard box that I can slip the switch <laughs> into. I'm so stupid. You're right. And I feel like two out of the three have supported VR at this point. Like mm-hmm. I think it's on Xbox to to kind of step up and say like, hey, we'll we'll partner with uh, the the Quest if we need to to get these Xbox games on there. But I mean. To say there's not representation, like I, 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 you know, you can get a Samsung with a, you know, like a little cardboard Google yeah, box but- and stuff like it's, it's available, man. Like if, it, if, you know, if it looks like a screen door and you're throwing up because the frame rate's terrible, that doesn't mean it's not supported. It just means it's bad. Let me just get out ahead of my .jpg announcement on socials. I'd like to apologize to the entire VR community uh, for making that mistake. Uh, I'd also like to apologize to the Labo community. All six okay. of you guys, you really have put in the time and uh, you really did right by them. So I apologize to all that were affected by the ignorance of my statements. I gave my Labo VR to my friend's son because I bought it. I'm like, what am I even doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the kid was like, thanks. Puts in recycle. Nintendo's bin. like, <laughs> burn it oh, next day. Mess. Looks looks good. <laughs> <it on fire. laughs> mm-hmm. Like, oh, we need, we were out of fire. Well, this is great. Exactly. It's <laughs> good. Counting that cash. Turn into an Amazon like, return box. Yeah, <laughs> we turn cardboard into money. <laughs> it's crazy how that happens. Did you guys see uh, the hours played that were released by Starfield next to the hours played by Larian for Baldur's Gate, and then how people were somehow making that a rivalry, uh, which I thought was very silly. Both both Bethesda Game Studios and Larian, separately independent of each other, were celebrating their games and how well they've done. And they put out like, you know, the .jpg statistics things, which I love. I love when they do that. I love seeing how many people are enjoying Diablo or Starfield or in this case, Baldur's Gate, like rock on. I think it's great. Um, COD did that. But Baldur's Gate had an 452,556,984 hours played across its community. But, But egg on their face because Starfield had 534,823,944 hours played, which there's no way you can enjoy Baldur's Gate since Starfield, so, you know, had so many more hours played. Um, I, I'm, I'm being silly. Look, I, I, I think they need to dock some of the hours on, on Starfield for the load screens. The load time <laughs> cuts into that hours played. It's, also, it's that one person real time flying. What was it? It was going to like transport. <laughs> it was like years. 30 yeah. hours. Like yep. half that, and half the yeah. Baldur's Gate time is just bare sex. You know, yeah. That. yeah, yeah. I was, I wanted to make that joke, but I was like, no, because I couldn't figure out how to get or get to it because the game is just so I'm sitting there like walking in circles, clicking on everything because I can't figure it out. Looking for hot bears and single bears in your in your, your area. I have at least thirty hours in that game. I can't figure out how to complete the first act. <laughs> uh, unrelated, Logan. That's B roll. I don't need just for the record. <laughs> Okay. You didn't want that. I didn't want that B-roll. I'm sorry. Yeah. If you were pursuing that on my account, please, please don't. Um, I mean, you requested it. Hey, I... shut up. Oh, <laughs> do you guys have an OnlyFans channel? No, no. <laughs> Patreon.com slash. We needed Luke. Shut up. Why would we need one of those? Yeah. That's only not, That's not in the discord. Get out of here. Yeah. It's the only place you up. can see Logan without a hat. <laughs> Yo, True. I do not like change listeners before the before the show. Uh Todd offered to put on his hat and then Logan's like, "No, I'll just take mine off." It was uncomfortable. I don't do well with change. <laughs> I was like, "I can't handle this right now." 
Luke is not into bald men. <laughs> <laughs> no, Flash Todd, news. you're beautiful. I was going to say, he's never complained about me. Sorry. Yeah. Luke. I just don't oh. do, I just can't handle change, guys. I just can't handle uh. change. That's all. But in short, uh, it was really cool to see both these studios have such incredible success. Um, I don't think it's a comparative point that one's better than the other. I think they're di- totally different games anyway. But um, I had a, a co-worker of mine come up to me and every week, uh, shout out to Matt. Hope you're doing well, buddy. Uh, he tells me about his latest endeavors in Starfield, how much he's enjoying it. And this past week, he's like, dude, I'm loving Starfield. I just did XYZ, but I don't get the hate for it. And I was like, I don't either, man. It's a great game. You can play it or not. Lots of people are playing it. The average playtime of a session in, or the average playtime of a player in Starfield is 40 hours. It's incredibly successful. And this was a great year for video games. Maybe they're dated, maybe not, but people are still having fun and old games are still fun. And Starfield, I think, has got a ways to go before you see what Starfield truly is. Um, and I, I really think it's worth celebrating. I also... How many times my friends have said, Luke, don't play Baldur's Gate. That is not your kind of game. You would not have fun. Also, okay. You know, that is also okay to have. And so I really hope that people knock it off with the X is better than Y because there's so much to enjoy. You know, it's it's crazy. It's a shame that in a time in 2023 that no one else is making video games. Because I feel like if we lived in a world where other people were making video games, then if there was a game that I that that one video game that I don't like, I might be able to actually go play Mm. another game. Yeah. And be able to, like, enjoy that game as opposed to not liking the one that everyone else is playing. Yeah, that's not possible. I want that world. Luke, can I have that world? No. If 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 you're real good in 2024, yes, but you got to be real good. Okay. I'll be super good. Yeah, I'll put yeah. so much content on that channel that people can't see in our Discord. Um, it's such a bummer. Yeah, that that it happens. Now, Todd, did you do you ever catch these comparison points between studios? Do you ever get like wrapped up in that or noted on it? I I enjoy them. I'm a I'm a stat nerd. I like I like the the monthly video game you know sales charts. I like to see how games are doing and you know kind of what's the buzz. And with this, it's just I first of all I don't know how they track it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I these games are online. Totally, I get that. I mean, and I always wonder, I'm like, is my pause when I'm in a pause menus or if yep. I click the game, is it including it? Like I look at certain games. I think I have 50 hours in Starfield, and I'm like. I don't think I played that long, but mm-hmm. maybe I did. I don't know. Um, and so it is It is interesting. Like Nintendo, that your stats there, it's so funny because you can only get them through like the parental app. Mm-hmm. And they don't tell you anything until like after a week. So mm-hmm. I'm like, they're so odd. But yeah, I, I always like that because I always like to understand like hours played. So I don't know if you've gone to the hours played website. Like I always try to track. I'm like, what game did I play the most of? And they track through your PSN or your your Xbox and it's great. And um, yeah, I don't play as much as a lot of other people. But when I see people saying like this says 40 hours per person, I'm like, I, I'm just curious because I don't know what the average play time of like 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 completion time for Starfield is. And I know there's new game plus. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. But I mean, I know there's the one guy also who scanned every planet mm-hmm. in Starfield. And that's all he did before he did anything else. I'm like, kudos. God bless you, bud. Good yeah. on you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm right with you. I don't get it in some ways, but I like I've played a lot of Alan Wake, too, but I pause a lot just to rest. 
Like, just I just need a break because it's such an intense game. Does that count? Um, um, I don't know. And I've also played a ton of Diablo, but some of that is just spent waiting or waiting for a boss to spawn or whatnot. In menus. Yeah. And whatever it is, I think it's cool to see that Starfield is indeed very much a success, particularly as the narrative has changed. It won a Steam Award for most innovative, but like that might have been a joke by the Steam community. But I think that's dumb. Like, it's very silly to me. The, the negativity surrounding Starfield. And I don't think it would have happened if it hadn't been an Xbox owned thing, which sucks. You know, that, that shouldn't be that way. So I do think that it would have gotten some criticism because I do think that there are things yeah. with that game that, that do deserve some criticism. But mm-hmm. it does feel like because it's now on Xbox only mm-hmm. that there's a lot more ado about that aspect of it. But mm-hmm. I, I do think that some criticism was, is warranted. I'd still see some weird stuff happen in that game that I'm just like, guys, what is going on? Sure. It's like user reviews, right? User reviews are the worst. <laughs> I'm sorry. But the only people that want to put them out there are the people that hate the game the most or love the game the most. It's, mm-hmm. You don't get any relevant, like just even keel opinions. Yep. Yep. So true. So true. Um Todd, your background is rather unique. Would you mind telling me a little bit about your background and why that's relevant today for the audio well, listeners? Luke, um, you know, I'm always looking for a way to make my breakfast better. Mm-hmm. So because of that, always part of a well-balanced breakfast is toast. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know how I can get toast. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you just buy toast pre-made? Good point. So Good point. I, I've been, the problem has been solved. Because mm-hmm. Xbox, as part of their appliance brand, <laughs> has de- delivered upon us the Xbox Series. It should be the T, the Series T for toaster. Mm. Um, and we're getting it. It's $40. Um, it's got awesome settings. It looks like a Series S. And um, I will, I, I, I'm curious to see the reviews like from Food Network and things like that. Uh, because I did buy the mini, the mini fridge. And that thing was so loud. <laughs> it was horrible. It's like an air compressor versus like being cooled. So mm-hmm. I had to return that or I found somebody to buy that. But I'm hoping this one is more practical. Mm-hmm. And it does actually, I was surprised. It actually fits two pieces of toast, uh, you know, edge to edge versus mm-hmm. side by side. So you can get two pieces of toast in there and it will put the sign of the Xbox on it. So it's kind of like the people that see Jesus in their toast. Mm. Now you're going to see Xbox in your toast. Gotcha. But not Phil Spencer or Sarah Bond. Can't no, have that. Disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to live on beyond their legacy. It needs to be something that can be spoken about in, you know, 30 years when people are like, I remember when she just had a toaster. Now they've got an air fryer. <laughs> it fries everything with a Xbox with Master Chief telling or Cortana telling you just how long it's going to take for your buffalo wings to get cooked. It's true. I mean, I mean, come on. The PlayStation 3 was the George Foreman. So, I mean, they're just following the footsteps. I don't know if there's any sound effects in this, but really, we all want our toaster to make sound, right? Yeah, I want it when it when it pops up it to be the the Halo shield sound like coming back. That's what I want. I think it'd be dope. Are either of you, you getting know, this? I am not. I'll pass. You know, there's there's going to be a headline too, like someone Xbox burned someone's house down. Oh, it was going to be because of the toaster or the fire alarms going off. Oh gosh, I hope they. I hope Xbox responds with a picture of Lilith being like, "F around and find out." <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's so funny. There you go. We need to know how 
each of the Xbox uh, mascots likes their toast, though, because mm-hmm. you can tell a lot of people like how they like their toast. Like in my family, mm-hmm. my wife likes it lightly warmed. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not toast. That's, that's not just toast. warm bread. That's warm bread. And I like mm-hmm. it a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I get that. I get that. Uh, let's see. Wanted to scan a few things more. I feel like we've covered it. It wasn't, again, not a lot of stuff here. Let's go to some of our listener questions, guys. Let's go to some of our listener questions. We had, uh, Suddy, the Lord, uh, Lord, sir, master, uh, germaphobe, completionist. He's just, he's just, you know, all around everything. Uh, he wanted to know how we prioritize what to play next. Is it release date hype? Uh, what are you guys playing? What is it that motivates you guys to play a game? For me, it's all mindset, what I'm feeling in the moment. When it comes to multiplayer games, uh, it's what will affect my group. Like sometimes I, lo- I love playing COD, but if people are cranky, I don't want to play COD because it's very, it brings out the cranky, whereas the cartoony silliness of Fortnite doesn't. Um, I'm playing a lot of Fortnite racing, which I love. That's a really good, really good game. Fortnite racing is uh, playing a lot of that. But yeah, it's just what I'm feeling at the time. What about you guys? Todd, you want to go first or you want sure. to? Uh, uh, so typically it's my Gamefly queue. I'm like, I'm the one of the only few people that still uses Gamefly. But with you Gamefly have plus Gamefly queue, I do. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal, Luke. Well, and actually, even coming. if you don't have a Gamefly account, you can buy games from Gamefly. And the cool thing about it is they send you all the packaging later. It's a good deal. They, if, if you want used like used physical games, I highly recommend it. And uh, f- I get it. I get Gamefly certificates. And, um, you know, I get six months for, I don't know, 120 bucks for six months. And Hmm. it's the best way to get, uh, you know, because the games that are in Game Pass, I just, you know, get elsewhere, like third party, things like that. So Gamefly is great. So, like, I know I am getting the new Prince of Persia game because they have a game lock where they guarantee it's selling it, sending it to you. Tekken 8 is coming. So that's typically how I look at my year releases. I'm like, put them in my queue, see what's there. Um, But, uh, yeah, I try to also filter in with games from my past that's why the list comes into play so mm-hmm. if, like games i didn't get to finish i relook at that and say oh yeah i should play that now so like that's why i'm playing primarily cyberpunk so cyberpunk will be my focus um and until probably the prince of persia game comes out so i've got some time uh mm-hmm. but that's typically gamefly because they keep me in the loop with like new releases like i played you know some some recent games so that's typically how I go about it. But I think, yeah, sometimes I just want to do a fighting game, want to do something like that. Uh, but yeah, it's typically what's in my game flag queue. There you go. Okay. I learned something new today. What about you, Logan? Uh, usually it's going to be based on new releases first. And then if that's like sated, then I'll go back to my games as a service. So like we've got Fortnite, COD, Destiny 2, Sea of Thieves, uh gosh what else am i jumping into halo sometimes sometimes is is yeah i guess halo is a games as a service i don't really consider that a games as a service because i don't buy well and that's on me because i don't buy into the into the season passes at all so Mm -hmm. i haven't yet to actually buy any of the season passes for halo because i just really none of them because i okay (laughs) i love i love halo season pass philosophy like you can todd can never have played it now but he can jump in with us and get a season pass, not miss any content, play firefight PVE only and have a blast. Like I love PVE. That's how I've been progressing my battle passes in Halo for the majority of the time lately. But like it never goes away. So I love that philosophy. 
See that it's a new Mozart, right? The the firefight. Yeah, mode? it's good. That looks cool. I would probably play that because I normally don't play the PvP, but the mm -hmm. PvE is my my wheelhouse. Todd, you got to play with me. It's so much fun. Such a good time. I, hey, Luke, is your back strong? Because you'll definitely be carrying me <laughs> in PvE. It doesn't matter. You just revive and keep going. It's fine. Okay. It's fun. So that is that would be good. And I and and I have to give Halo. I have to give Halo its its flowers for for having that system as far as like their actual like battle pass system goes. But I would actually have to play it a lot more to justify mm. even picking those up. Because to be perfectly honest, I just don't play a whole lot of Halo. The, the Halo multiplayer is not where I've found like my love for Halo. That's always been in the in the campaigns, mm -hmm. and they're not making campaign content, so I don't have a reason to jump in. I, think I haven't. We don't have campaign content. I've I've heard some stuff. They've well, they've retooled I mean, some of their Forge progress. There's some stuff coming. Don't don't yeah, tease I mean, me, Luke. Don't sorry. tease yeah, me. Yeah, but that's the thing. Is is like it's all speculation at this point. That's like, fair. We've heard yep. stuff. We've you know we've talked about like you know there's they we know that there's. I mean, how long has the Tintanka stuff been in the rumor mill? Very true. Like right. Battle Royale coming to Halo. When? Why? Like they have they don't need it at this point. You can do Forge if you really want to, but. They don't need a battle royale to prove that their game is is worth standing on its own. It's a, a traditional multiplayer game, but yeah, I go in for the multiplayer. So, so I don't know if I ever considered like the seasons in in their game as like a, a games as a service, but technically it is. Ooh, okay, 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 okay. What if? What if? Hear me out. This is total dumb thing. We have heard that Xbox is a major project going to multiple platforms. If Tatanka is the Halo Battle Royale, which, by the way, would be amazing, but also that's a crowded space to try to compete in. If that, it would exist on Xbox and PC by default. If that went to Switch or Switch 2, can you, and it was free to play, can you imagine the potential yeah. there? That would be, that. forget Hi-Fi Rush going, no, don't forget it, Hi-Fi Rush is great. But like, if Halo multiplayer went to Switch, whoo, whoo, that'd be cool. That would be cool. I don't know if that would. I don't know if it would translate well for Switch owners, though. Would it? Like, would because I mean, we've seen some of the ports and stuff like that coming from other developers. And granted, you know, like every studio has, like, you know, either they do it themselves or they have another studio, like Saber Interactive or something, do that. But mm -hmm. that doesn't always pan out well. Like Batman Ar Arkham series, the trilogy for Switch True. is like horrendous. But consider Switch works. Two. Switch Two being the, Switch the two. that that was my. I'm sorry, I should have clarified that. The next switch that's expected this year, again, all this is all hypothetical goofball because it's the early part of the year. But if it was a Switch Two launch yeah. feature game, that'd be real cool. I'd be very Overwatch, interested. Overwatch that. is on the Switch, right? And that's an ABK game, which is now Microsoft I owned, right? So. I think is, so. It is. Is Apex Legends on the so Switch? Diablo Three. So Apex is there, I believe, also. But I'm not. Again, I I have not turned my Switch on in over a year. At this point, I'm ready for Switch 2 because then I can jump in and play the stuff that is it is sitting there because for all intents and purposes, this is a backlog. Go on, Logan, because I will totally I'm never anti switch. I'm just over that experience. I want more from my game. And like, yeah, because I want I want to play some Metroid. Give me all that back and pat. Yeah, I'm there for it. Minecraft, you have to sign in on to Switch Xbox with Live. Xbox, right? So mm -hmm. there, I think if anybody would be into that would be it would be uh nintendo yeah because sony would not let halo be on their their platform no that's a shame yeah 
Yeah. Logan, Logan's going to mod that to play on the portal. I'm going to, I'm going to check. I, I got to do a system update because this is my oh, second, no. <laughs> this is my, it's my original one. It's not the, it's not the OLED. So the OLED's in the other room and, and that one's up to date, but this one hasn't been turned on in a while, but I do want to check on, on the Apex Legends thing. Cause that is, cause I mean, that's the problem with a lot of the switches is that the, the frame rate is locked to the 30 frames. So they mm-hmm. usually get lumped in with like mobile users. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. Halo Infinite 60 frames, like a switch two would be needed to be able to do that, right. to be able to get those 60 frames. So I think it'd be interesting. Um, getting back to kind of like Suddy's original question that, that that's kind of how it goes. I usually like to play whatever I'm interested in playing, whatever, like we're going to have fun playing mm-hmm. for new releases. And then after that, I usually go back to my games as a service to kind of work on those. And if I ever feel like that's sated, then I'll usually go back to like the older games that I either didn't finish or didn't get a chance to jump into and and kind of go through those. Like I still have a list of, of games that I want to play this year that I didn't get to play. But every time I sit down like Luke, I just like to kind of chill and, and relax and play through something that I'm comfortable with, that mm-hmm. I'm familiar with, as opposed to like, okay, what are the systems? What's the lore? Mm-hmm. What do I got to do? How do I have to figure things out? Like what are the buttons? What are the combos? Things like that. Yeah. Yep. Let's go to a, a another question here. This one is uh, Butch4969, amazing Patreon member. Uh, what is a game genre that you don't like or care about, and what would it take to get you in to try at least one? The main role here is that it has to remain as the original intended genre, so no taking a JRPG and changing it to Call of Duty, for example. Oof. <laughs> I do not like JRPGs at all. Turn-based RPGs, also don't like them. It would yeah. have you got to apply an IP to to a JRPG or a turn based for me to like it, and even then, not guaranteed. Um, do you guys have an answer to this one? I do. Go for, Go it. for it. So it would be turn based RPGs as well, but I have an exception to the rule. God, those suck. Okay, and that was the South Park RPGs. I don't know what it was, but I absolutely love the stick of truth. And then uh, divided, but was it separate butthole or divided butthole? Uh, it's about a butthole. Uh, <laughs> um, and I think the reason it worked is because it was a franchise that worked and they boiled it down to just no grinding. The story progressed and the battle system was engaging and fun. I didn't feel like I'm like, I'm grinding, I'm grinding, I'm grinding. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it made it work. And that's why I've always been scared like i i wanted to like the new yakuza like a dragon but i felt like the battles just went on for like 45 minutes and if you lost it's like that's exhausting and i don't want to do that again because Mm -hmm. you know am i really expecting a different outcome because i didn't have enough health potions and now i gotta grind go back so yeah i would say turn-based rpg but i would say that was my exception Mm -hmm. uh to like that so um yeah uh, it was the south park games and i want them to make another and i don't think they are there no south park snow day is coming yeah, that's that, like a, is that a PVE a, or a, PVP game. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a FPS, I think. Oh, okay. Snowball Sorry. fights, things like that. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Logan, any answer here? Oh, dude, I'm I'm right with you guys. I was just been talking about Baldur's Gate and how I absolutely hate the combat system in that. Like turn-based combat to me, literally, there is a point in a fight where I'm like, I am going to lose this. Mm-hmm. I've spent 10 minutes doing these turn-based things. I freaking hate the heck, the fact mm-hmm. that I'm going to have to redo this whole battle and mm-hmm. hope that I'm that I'm going to do it. And if it doesn't have like the random encounters, 
like Pokemon saves me for this. Pokemon is great because if I if I get to a point where I can't beat like a gym leader, then I'll go out and grind for a while, come back with my Pikachu leveled up more mm-hmm. or a different ability, or I can I can use a TM to like change the ability so that I can beat that specific boss, and then I can move forward. Whereas I feel like with most most turn-based combat games, you have like a healer, two damage dealers, and a tank. Mm-hmm. And if they aren't going to cut it, you don't get to just like choose a different person to bring into the mix. Mm-hmm. Like you're just stuck with that team. So you either have to go back and grind out other stuff that you find. Or in Baldur's case scenario, I can't kill anything else. I have to like figure out where I have to go to find other encounters to do stuff, to be able to get more levels, to be able to like get further in. And I absolutely hate it. The thing that got me to try it was everyone talking about how good the story was, how impactful the choices were in the world that it built. And that is what's keeping me in invested in Baldur's Gate 3, that mm-hmm. aspect of the game. But I I cannot stand. I it is like grueling to have to continue playing the turn-based stuff, but I I am genuinely invested in the characters at this point. I just hate that I have to play the video game itself to actually get to those for the choices that I want to make. And Baldur's Gate is not one of those ones where you can just go watch a Let's Play on YouTube to get the story mm-hmm. uh, uh, for the way that you want it because there's so much variance in how you play. So I'm like, I have to play it because it's going to be the way that I want to make those choices. And mm-hmm. there's no like, there's no getting around the combat at this point. So that that's one of those things. Outside of that. Um, a, a genre that I I don't really enjoy that would get me to try it at least once. Horror would be that. Um, a horror game that has an IP that I love. Like a good example, um, and, and actually I think this is a perfect example, Jurassic Park Survivor uh, mm, was announced. Good answer. I'm not into sur- I'm not into survival games really that much. I hate I hate having to worry about like uh, food and water when when it comes to games. It's just it's a it's a system that bogs bogs down the gameplay in my opinion. But that IP is a cherished IP. I remember the summer days of of like gorging myself on on Jello pudding cups while watching the VHS of Jurassic Park in the living room at home on repeat. Because that was the kid that I was at that time. Mm-hmm. That memory is just like locked in my brain forever. So when it comes to Jurassic Park, I will bend over backwards to enjoy an experience. And this actually looks like a really good game. Mm-hmm. So it's scary and it's survival. And those are two things that I don't meddle with. And that may be the first time that I actually like actively seek that out. That's fair. I've learned a lot about myself in gaming the past few years and trying different genres. Elden Ring, I, I love that game. I do not like Soulsborne, but the ability to, and Logan, I think you alluded to this, uh, grind something out so you can go back and do well, that was what let me enjoy Elden Ring. Like, I'm not good, so I'm not going to make that dodge. I need more health and more strength. Letting me go grind smaller enemies to do that helps me with that. It's the same with Diablo. I've never liked Diablo. Now I love Diablo. Uh, it doesn't show up on the screen, Logan. Oh, there it is. Anyway, Apex is there. There we go. Apex can do Switch. Apex on Switch. Interesting. No Good. idea. Yeah, um, I think uh, you know the ability to grind up and battle the systems of a genre I don't like 
and handle it is really important. So Elden Ring and Diablo both let me do that. Not genres I was familiar with or really liked, was able to do that. Starfield, not a game I I never liked. Skyrim, Fallout, not a thing. Because it became sci-fi, because it was uh, uh, the chance to fly a ship around, okay, now I'm opening my mind a little bit to it. So I'm learning to diversify a bit. JRPGs, anime, I don't think that's ever going to land for me. It's just, to me, it's weird. But it's as weird as somebody that doesn't like superheroes saying, well, they're all wearing tights and capes at night. What do you what do you care about that for? <laughs> Fair. You know what I mean? Like, how can I dispute that? It's a matter of preference and interest. And side note, um, when I look at the release window for 2024, there's a lot of JRPG love. A lot of JRPG yeah. love. Rock on. I am so excited for you guys. Enjoy. I did um, find that strategy for Honkai Star Rail that you wanted, by the way. <laughs> don't know that joke i'm sure it's at my expense i don't know that game is it weird yeah but it's weird it's, i can just tell from your face <laughs> yep it's weird all right you like waifus oh boy oh boy okay all right well guys that's a great place to stop there i had such a good time todd thank you for joining us today uh would you be so kind as to let people know where they can find you on socials and your content well, this has been awesome. Uh, Luke, we go way back. Uh, we always love having you on Secret Friends Unite, whether it's talking about Star Trek or superheroes in general. Uh, you're one of our go-to DC guys, so love that. Uh, and Logan, I think I've already talked to, I reached out to you about doing something about gargoyles so that would probably be coming in the future and i think luke we're going to maybe do something about babylon 5 so uh if you want to hear a different side of either of these two guys um uh definitely check out secret friends unite uh at secret friends unite at t oxtra on threads uh, also on x uh same there there we go captain uh, you can find me over on threads and Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. You can check out the Keelhauled podcast if you're curious about Sea of Thieves, one of the pillar franchises for Xbox going into 2024. They have been talking a lot about how big this season is going to be a refocus on the sandbox. So if you love Sea of Thieves and you don't care about the lore and you just want to be able to kill pirates and steal treasure, they're going to be focusing more on that, which I think is really awesome. And to answer Todd's question on Twitter, I would buy Mario Kart 8 because that is a, a an ever ever present consistently like good game. I would rent Titanfall because you only have to play it once and I would return Destiny knowing that Destiny 2 would be a better game than Destiny. That's all I got. Good picks. Good picks. Titanfall so good. Titanfall so good. Um, all right, guys, that's going to be it for me. Look for me on threads at Insipid Goes. Look for XCP on all your podcast platforms of choice. And if you're considering making some investments in supporting content creators in 2024, please go to patreon.com slash Xbox Expansion Pass. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Take care.